Margot Katsimatidis is a beautiful blonde. She was once a ballerina, which we'll ask about. She's been 40-ish years or more the wife of John Katsimatidis, who, like crabgrass, is suddenly everywhere. He's owner of this WABC radio station, owner of the new Staten Island Yankees ball club, owner of the most New York City grocery chains, owner of airplanes, oil wells, etc. But what you don't know is about this terrific gal behind him, his wife, Margot Katsimatidis. First, who are you? Where did you grow up? Hi, Cindy. Thanks for having me. Um, I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana. And since I was 12, I always dreamed about coming to New York. So I had to wait until I got good enough at ballet, which at 12 years old, I did dance with the Bolshoi Ballet the first time they came to the United States. How did you dance with the Bolshoi? They came to Indianapolis, and I was chosen. And uh, it was one of the biggest thrills of my life, and they were wonderful. So it gave me an opportunity and a hope and a dream that I knew that I could make it anywhere. Okay, tell me about your family. Where are they from? Well... My mother is from Poland, my grandmother's from Russia, my grandfather was from the Ukraine, and my father was an army intelligence officer, and he found my mother and grandparents in a concentration camp in Krakow, and he rescued them, and he brought them to America, so to Indianapolis, Indiana, where um, I was born. So, But that's a background that I would never... Have, have known. How did they come here? How? Did they have any money? How did they come? No, my father um, had saved a four-star general's life, and he gave special passage to my mother and grandparents to come to America. And they worked very hard and very grateful, and they loved America more than anything in the world, the freedom of being able to do anything. So we worked very hard, very hard, all of us. Did they live long enough to see what became of their daughter and how successful? Did they see all that? Yes, they did. Yeah, they did. Where did you take them? Where did, you, where did they see you? Well, my mother had come to New York a few times, um, and my parents moved from um, Indianapolis to Florida, and uh, I still brought my mother here, and God rest her soul, and my father. They're both passed on. Okay. That's, that's great, because we, we just don't know anything about you. We, we don't know anything about you. Tell me about being a ballerina. Did you go to school as a kid, a dance school? I, I started ballet when I was about uh, nine years old. My sister started when she was eight years old. And I started because I had a problem with my feet and my knees, and we couldn't afford braces. So my mother put me in ballet, and I ended up being very strong. And uh, I learned how to dance, and I went from the back of the room to the front of the room. So my sister and I became the Vandersar sisters. And uh, my sister actually came to New York at 14 and a half years old. And I came to New York at 16 and a half years old. So um, I came to New York with $100 in my pocket, and I felt like I came home. 
and nothing could stop me. There was no negativity, nothing. I just moved forward. You are terrific. How did you meet John? How did that happen? So I, when I came to New York, I was recuperating from a knee surgery, so I couldn't perform. And there was this guy that opened a supermarket on uh, near where I lived, and I went in to get a job temporarily until I could heal. And they said, you know, they're looking for people in the office to work. So I went to the office, and I went for the interview, and I got the job. And it was a guy named John Katsimatidis, who was a cook and the bottle washer and the dishwasher. So he did everything. So he was the boss. He was the owner. And uh, I ended up learning loving business so much I worked 90 hours a week I didn't care I was like a sponge it was such an amazing uh, business and to watch him what he was able to do I, I was just he's still amazing to this day we're together 49 years he's still amazing you know what's amazing this is a magnificently beautiful blonde who has two gorgeous children and her husband is everywhere and he's now owns the Staten Island Yankees or whatever the hell it is. And she does parties for thousands of people at a time. Listen to where she came from. Tell me now, I have to know. I go to your parties. Every time I go to a party, it's a thousand people and it's an orchestra. And I don't know how that happens. You do that all the time. How does a party like that begin? Well, for me... When I do a party, I have to do it from my heart. And I do it for my husband because I love him so much, and I try to do what's going to please him and everyone there. Because in life, you know, we all have happy days and sad days. So when I do a party, I want people to be happy and to remember the joy of that night. Which means what? Which means how do you get... Like you did a party and you gave, it was something for Judge Judy and me, and you gave us bobbleheads. <laughs> Neither of us have ever had a bobblehead. Judge Judy has hers in her, in her home in Greenwich. I have mine in New York. How did you come up with that? Well, you're both two very special people, and you, especially to me, I, I love you very much, and I wanted to do something that you both could share together as a gift, and that is what I came up with. Okay, I don't know how you even get a bobblehead. How do you know how to start <laughs> getting one? Well, I went on the Internet and put some of your pictures together and designed it and uh, sent it to them, and it came out pretty good. It certainly did, and you also did a 1,000 people, or how many people did you do for a Madison Avenue festival? Uh, oh, you, the for the scholarship fund festival, we had twelve hundred people every year, and did the seating because there were a lot of single people. There had been a lot of marriages out of there. We gave a lot of scholarships to kids so they could go on with their college education, because education is so important. And you got to give kids a chance. You got to give them confidence and courage that somebody cares about them. So we were there to try to give a helping hand. What did you do at Coney Island? I saw your picture in the paper with Coney Island. I don't understand what you did there. Uh, you don't even have wardrobe for Coney Island. <laughs> so I'm looking at you with your gold and all of the gorgeous stuff you've got on. 
No, no, Coney Island, it was so much fun because my husband built these beautiful buildings there. But uh, we were at the Maimonides Park, and I threw out the first pitch. It was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. I hadn't played baseball since I was in grade school, so I really enjoyed that. And it was great for my husband and for the station. You also did something. Now, you have to correct me because I, I might get it wrong. For thousands of kids... What was that for thousands of kids at one time? Well, that's for the Police Athletic League, and um, they take care of 40,000 kids a year from all the boroughs, special after-school programs and things like that. So my husband decided one day, he got up at a meeting and says, Margo, we're doing a party for 1,000 kids from all five boroughs for a holiday party because these kids have nothing and so many other kids have everything. I said, okay. So I called the vendors, and I just put things together, and I got uh, gifts for the kids, bicycles, uh, a gift to take home, um, even hygiene things, for things for their mother and father. So uh, we made a party, and we, we have all kinds of games for them and performers, and the kids themselves now perform at the PAL. So it's really been a wonderful um, inspiration for them, too. Okay, I understand all that, and I've been to so many of your parties. What I don't understand, for some nice lady listening who, like me, doesn't know how to do these things, how do you start? Do you start with the computer? Do you start with calling people? How do you start functioning a gigantic party? Um, well, I start by... <clears throat> having to order everything for the party for the kids, and then we come up with a theme, and then we work on the entertainment. Then we have to work on the busing to get the kids from all the boroughs. So there's a lot of moving parts, and you just kind of go through each one. It just comes naturally <laughs> how we're going to do it. Did you ever not... Did it ever not work? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, the kids love it. They have such a great time. They don't want to leave. We We've expanded it, and... And added more things to it every year. So it's really great. You also saved lives. Now, this, I mean, this lady has done a great deal, and I know her well, and she, it should be told. When John had a time and he was in the hospital, you taught everybody how to clean a hospital room. Uh, yes, and that's actually thanks to, well, I have taken care of many people in my life, <coughs> um, including my parents and grandparents, etc. My husband, uh, anyway. Um, but Betsy McCoy, was yes, the, yes. she taught me a lot about germs. And this is before the COVID and all that. Now they're, they're writing about that, that hospitals have to be cleaned. Tell us what you did. Well, I took uh, alcohol and everything, and I and I wiped everything down. I wouldn't even let a nurse come in unless she changed her gloves. I wouldn't let a doctor touch my husband unless they changed their gown. I wouldn't let him touch anyone I was with taken care of. And you have to be careful of all those things, even mopping the floors. The, I wouldn't let him come in mopping the floor next door. They had to change the mop before they came into the room my friend was in. So... You had to just watch everything continually. But if you're not Margot Katzmachidis, how can you push around hospital personnel? Well, you do it nicely. I mean, you try. 
If not, you grab the mop yourself and do it. There's a story that I read just recently in the papers about the hospitals. You can get, if you come in even semi-healthy, you can go out ill because of the hospital. And I remembered your story, but I just didn't know how anybody listening can help themselves. They just have to be very aware and very cautious. I mean, anything that you touch or, or you see anybody touch, or you just have to keep washing and cleaning and changing. It's, it's, you have to watch everybody. You're also on the board for the Alzheimer's. Yes, I work very closely. closely. That's how we originally met, yes. you and I, a thousand years ago. Uh-huh. Are you going to tell that story? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm not telling anything. Yes, story. I work very closely with uh, Princess Yasmin Aga Khan. She's such a wonderful lady, and she took such great care of her mother. And I loved her very much for that. So no one in my family has Alzheimer's, but I, I wanted to help. And hopefully I did make some difference over the years. Are you still working for Alzheimer's? I do, just not as much as I did, no. Not as much as I did, but I'm still there. When Yasmin calls me, I'm there when she needs me. I think you do an awful lot of things. You've helped save lives. What did you do here at WABC? Didn't you have something to do with the decor, or or not the decor, or establishing stations and offices? You did something. What did you do? I don't know. I just did that Margot thing. I just what is the Margot <laughs> thing you did? What did you do? I kind of went through, and it's just common sense things. Like they needed a nice coffee maker, and they needed snacks in the kitchen, and they needed fresh fruits and whatever I could give them. They needed cleaning supplies so the tables are sanitary, and, and just the little things I do. Working on the green room now, which I'm very excited about. So, yeah, we just keep expanding and growing, and and it's like a family here. So if someone needs something, they let me know. Well, this lady, who is now wearing a designer blouse and a gold necklace and earrings and all the rest of it, is it true that you were thinking once about becoming a nun? Yes, I was. Um back in Indiana. Before I left, I uh, was in church six days a week. I used to kneel on the concrete, whatever you call the floors, let my knees bleed so God would hear me. I mean, I was very religious because I just prayed for a better tomorrow. What about the Greek Orthodox Church? I know John is very involved in that. Yes, he is. He's uh, vice chair. Um, he is the highest lay person of the Greek Orthodox Church. He believes also in bringing all religions together. Um, in my house, I grew up Catholic and Russian Orthodox, so it was easy for me to go from Catholic to being Greek Orthodox. It's very similar um, religions. Um, Catholics believe in the Pope, and the Orthodox believe in the Patriarch, who is like the Pope in their religion. But all in all, it's about doing what's right for people and doing the best for people. I once went to the Greek Orthodox Church for a pre-Easter, 
and I never got out till like five o'clock in the morning. I mean, what is it with the Greeks and, and the Easter? It was an interminable service. Yeah, they do go pretty long, I must say. But uh, now some of the services, especially out at Father Alex's church in Southampton, they're only about an hour and a half, which is great. It's perfect. Yeah, well, I would, I would think so. I, I would definitely, I would definitely think so. When you came to New York. You you injured your knee and you could not dance. Is that it? Did you ever try to dance again? Uh, no, I did. I did, and actually, I left, and because my life's dream was to have a soloist contract offered to me in Europe, so I went to Switzerland, and I auditioned, and the director said. Ms. Van der Sar, we're offering you a soloist contract. And I said, no, thank you. Because my knee was so bad, I'd already had two surgeries on it, and I knew it just wasn't going to work. My sister was prima ballerina for many, many years. Where was Europe. she prima ballerina? In the, with the Dutch National Ballet. She's actually in New York um, this week, setting another ballet for a company. But, uh, yeah. Ballet runs in a family. That's what about? Okay, we know that John nearly ran for mayor. We wanted him. Were you supportive? Absolutely. I mean, we went to three to five boroughs a night, seven days a week. I thought he would be the best mayor. Me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah, really terrific. Because you know, John grew up in Harlem. He grew up poor. I grew up poor in Indiana. So we understood what it is to struggle and, and to go forward and do better and help people. So that's what we're about always, about helping people and getting better. So I really thought he would be great at it. And he did want to do the World's Fair. And I thought that was terrific. Of course, I would have to put it together, but... Yeah. No, I understand. You've now got stores all over New York, Florida, Bahamas, the Virgin Islands. How does it how did how did this grow like this? It just kind of happened. You know, it's kind of like you don't think about it. You you just I never realized John. It's like I know what we have, but I don't think about what we have. I think about how many jobs did we save? How many jobs did we create? How many families are we feeding? And that's what we're about, making a difference in people's lives. Well, you make a difference in my life because every birthday you send me Malamars. <laughs> you don't send me jewelry or you don't send me anything. No. You send me Malamars. How did no, that happen? It's the personal touch. <laughs> no, I, I know that it's great. Okay, we've got you with airplanes. I know that I've been on your airplane, and I know you've loaned the airplane to some of the famous names. Does John own airplanes? Well, we have one airplane now, but John did start. Um, he wanted to be a pilot. He became a pilot. I was his co-pilot for a long time. Oh, I'm not flying with you yet. No, uh, pretty good. <laughs> so anyway, um, and then uh, he started expanding and, and doing things, flying people to Atlantic City, this and that. We grew up to 50 corporate jets, and then we sold it, which now became NetJets. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And then he owned 
another airline, Capital Airline. We were in Tel Aviv. We were all over the world. So, yes, I was involved in every aspect of that, too. So, yeah, we've been kind of busy. I mean, it's, uh, were you but busy? it's nice. Were you there also <laughs> when he bought Pantry Pride in Florida? Uh, absolutely. How did that happen? And, well, that's another story, and John should actually tell you that one day. But, yes, we bought all the Pantry Pride stores in uh, Florida. And you bought Revlon. No, no, no. John bought Pantry Pride so Ron could buy Revlon. I'm not sure I understand all that. Okay. But you don't, so you don't get any free makeup or anything. That's No, 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 no. I, I pay retail. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. And what I don't get free groceries either. I pay retail. What? You don't get free groceries from no. Gristini's? You own Gristini's? Listen, I never took an apple out of the store for free. Always paid for everything. If I start doing it, you know, we have thousands of employees. I don't do that. I pay for everything. So I pay for it. Go- we pay for it going in, and I pay for it going out when I take it home. Yeah. That's, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Oh, Tell no. me anything else. Okay. What else can I get off you? Now, the major, the minor league in Staten Island. Tell me about that. Tell me about that. And it has all this, the music stars in ABC. Stop reading the paper. <laughs> Stop reading the paper. I'm, I'm not. I'm just, all just the papers <laughs> away from you. Tell, tell me, how did that happen? The minor league in Staten Island. And I'm not going to let you read anything. Okay. No, no. So John got a call one day and said, hey, you want to buy into this team and minor league? And he said, sure, because we love baseball. So it's turning out that... Um, it's going to be a really great thing because we're not only going to... We're totally renovating the stadium, which is going to be terrific. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to be able to do concerts because, you know, we have Cousin Brucie, Tony Orlando, so we have all these you people on Joe weekends. You forgot Joe Piscopo and Deanna Martin. You told me not to read. No, no I'm just I, kidding. I can read. I can read. You can. And Deanna can. Martin and Constantine yeah. Maroulis. Yeah. So we can do huge concerts out there. Um... And John would love to do the first outdoor largest movie theater outdoors. And with all kinds of food vendors and everything. It's like going to a drive-in, but you're sitting in a seat and you're getting food. And I think it would be a lot of fun. How do you do do that? How do you make that happen? Oh, it'll happen. We'll just you may do Staten it. Staten Island? That's a big schlep to get to Staten Island. Well, <laughs> no, well, the ferry, you just take the ferry, it's free. You take the free ferry. Okay, okay. I will take so. the free ferry. Okay, okay. And I want to thank you. I, I want to thank you. What can, else can I ask you that you will answer that you would like us to know about Margot Katsimatidis? What would you like to know? What would you like to tell us? Hmm. Besides dead air time. <laughs> Besides your breathing. What? I, I, I just want to say that um, we get up every day, John and I, and we are like a team. So that's why I keep saying John and I and not just me. But we always try to make a difference. We always try to move forward. We always try to help people. And, and that's basically who we are. Thank you very much. And the, all I can say is when you're finished helping everybody, you can give me your necklace and we're all finished. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you very, very much. Thank you, Cindy. Margot Katzmatidis. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 